What's up out there in WJR land? Yes, this is four-time Stanley Cup champion of your Detroit Red Wings, Darren McCarty, with the Darren McCarty Show live here on a Friday. Joined as always by my partner in crime, Sean Legion, and Eric Dortch. On the ones and twos, as always, gentlemen, and uh, I'm excited for tonight, obviously, uh, schedule, everything, but uh, our last show before Christmas and, and stuff like this next week will probably be a best of. So, Mr. Positive, I know you're out there, bro, somewhere. Give me a call. You're already on. I'm going to start the show with you, bro, because uh, with everything that's going on, I'm sure Sean and I will talk about all the sports shut down. I don't care. This is my show. These are my guys. You're my guy. I missed you. I need some positivity. Greg from Shelby, give it to me opening up the Darren McCarty show on this December 17th. What do you got? Warriors, take hold of that vision that comes from above, but temper your destiny with peace, truth, and love. Bear with me, you guys. I'm at the hospital, Ascension in Rochester Hills. Uh, pretty sick, uh, DMAC, Shawnee B. Um, I think we're coming around. They thought it was cancer, uh, the, uh, Jamie uh, Samuelson. And uh, I've been through a very, very rough two weeks. Oh, and, sorry, pal. Well, well, it sounds, does it, does it, are you on the, do you think that we're coming out on the other side? And I know that uh, we haven't, we usually talk on Fridays and on, We've been missing each other, and, and Dorch had give, kept giving the updates, and we've been saying, you know, some prayers out there for you, bud, but are you doing what you need to do to take care of what you need to take care of? Yes, I am, my friend. That's I love it. you so much. and uh, Well, we'll we're, you know, we're going to dedicate this. Uh, we always dedicate to you, Mr. Positive, stuff like that. That's why you're a big part of this show, but, uh, we, you know, what I always say is uh, just keep fighting and, and do what you can do. It sounds like you're in the, the best place possible. So we look forward to the update um, and keep in touch. All right, bud? I will. Well, remember, you you're, you're the leader of the Warriors, bro. Thank you, my Warriors. friend. You got it. And I'm going to give you a hoorah. Anyways, right there, I'll hit you right there because you're getting back up, bro. Um, and that's what it's all about here. Anyways, uh, sorry to hear that, Greg. And, uh, like I said, it's that positivity. I think we all, you know, and, and Sean, I'm going to, I'm going to relate to you because, you know, forget about the sports aspect, you know, like games are getting canceled, you know, like the Colorado's come down with it. It doesn't matter what sport. I think Greg brings up a great, great, uh, Greg is a great person to a point that people are getting sick again. People are, and hopefully they're not getting as sick, but they, if, as long as we take care of what we need to take care of, um, you know, that, that's the reality of it. I mean, the, the reality of it, we can talk, um, all we want, but, uh, that's, that's sort of the truth. And, and whether it was, and I'm not even saying it was anything to do with COVID that Greg's, you know, taking care of, like he said, um, other people are, are still sick too. So our prayers go out with them like that. But, uh, I don't know, Sean, let's start, uh, Colorado's, uh, Avalanche aren't coming in for Monday. I'm going to think they got the DMAC flu, but it's not the 90s. So uh, this thing's for real. Games are canceled. NFL's setting precedences. Um, what you got for me here on this Friday? No, you're you're exactly right, Mac. I mean, I, you know, you, you saw the dominoes start to fall a little bit 
um, really starting uh, in the last couple of days. Some college basketball games got canceled. And then last night, get a load of this, two hours before game time in Le Belle Province, they announced no fans were going to be at the game. So they played the Philly-Montreal game in front of an empty barn. And then today they canceled that game. And then more NHL games were postponed through the the Christmas break. And, uh, Mac, let's be honest. uh, You know what? When you see this stuff, you start to think to yourself, what's going on? The NFL uh, moved some games. Obviously, Raiders-Browns got moved to Monday. Seahawks-Rams. Uh, Washington football team Eagles got moved to Tuesday. That doesn't make anybody happy, but uh, here we are. I hope we're not going down that road again, bro. I, I really do. I hope we're not going down that road. Again. What's what's that road? Cancellation? Yeah. Is that is that what we're talking about? That's what um, I'm terrified of. I'm here's not, the, no here's the one thing that I always and I think you probably taught me this or whatever, but not only along with follow the money, follow the winning, but you know the NFL is a monolith. Yep. Right. And and you hear that they're coming out, moving games, changing games, realizing, you know, um, players are coming out, commenting on different things. And it's it's the lack of, I guess, consistency for anything else, because this isn't political. You know what I'm saying? This is about the games are going to play or not. and What's in the best interest rate? Did how do you think – how does it play out, Sean, in your mind? And, and you know what I can say? Because we're in Michigan. We're a gambling state. How many bowl games do we get through before one of them is affected? Because once it affects the bowl, like the inconsistency and, and the lack of consistency to get because, and what do I mean by that? Um, it seems that the athletes are, are asked are asked to do similar things as, as regular people, yet they continue to get tested where I can go to the grocery store, I can go other places, and I guess the consistency is not there. So, I mean, I don't have the answers, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to hit the bowl season pretty hard. And you know what? How how much would that stink for us here waiting for Michigan to get to the promised land? And the worst part is the best games are at the end. So the snowball effect tells you from what we've seen, because it's not the first time. I mean, buckle up. I mean, what what is the best course of action? It's a terrifying thought. And and I think what is, is frustrating, Mac, I mean, for me, and I, I think you know this, NHLers are 99% vaccinated. 99%. And, you know, this is this breakthrough that we've heard so much about. It isn't really a breakthrough anymore. Unfortunately, guys are getting... Uh, COVID. And, and, and that's what's frustrating about it. I mean, the, the NFL, I believe it was 95%. The NBA is high up there. So, you know, that that's a frightening prospect in and of itself. But but you're right, Mac, the money tied into these bowl games, even the, the lesser bowl games, and I'm not even talking New Year's Six because there's no. still some magic that dances what? around New Year's Six, but you know, some of the, like the Bahamas Bowl take today. today. Take, yeah, I mey today's I, game. Hey, I, and, and you know what? I, I did Toledo broadcast back in the day. The MAC is a great conference. I, I had a blast in my time there and everything. Don't tell a program like that 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 bowl game isn't important. And, well, you know, it's 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 not only the money that it comes down there, but the, the payouts and stuff like that and, and, and the exposure. So, uh, you're right. I mean, I, I'm terrified that, that it starts to affect stuff like that. I hope it doesn't, 
college football for the most part has remained unscathed. Even going back to last year, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of it. There was some, but not a lot. Uh, this year we've been really lucky, but things are changing. It almost reminded me, Mac, of that that first night, you know, back in, in March of, of 2020, where they all started to go down. It was it was really dominoes. They all started to go Trivia. down. Trivia. Do you remember the league. first? Right? Trivia. Do you remember the first to go down? Was it the Houston Rockets? Uh, it was Rudy Gobert. So yeah, oh yeah, Rudy Gobert. And then and then Donovan Mitch was it Donovan Mitchell that they were he was mad, his his uh teammate gave it to him or something. But you remember these conversations where we weren't aware, but two years in with with the vax and vaxes and stuff like that. Um I mean it's wishy why because you bring up a great point, Sean. We're, we're Toledo, and I don't care how much money it is to the bowl game. Let's just say for argument's sake, it's two hundred grand. 200 grand to a Mac program or a program like Toledo goes a lot, a long, long ways. You know what? And now as we're getting into some of these other bowls, this is what these athletic departments and these, these guys are working on. And Hey, do you see what I see in the background there? Cause I can see over Eric Dortch's shoulder. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the engineer. There the engineer he is. their producer. Brandon Blake. Hey, buddy, remember us? He's he's my conscience today. He's my he's, he's, he's my Hi, conscience. Buddy. Can you tell him? How we doing? I gotta ask uh, Blake a question. Blake, I saw your bad beat last night. Oh. Do you mind sharing your bad beat with everybody from last night? I, I mean, it, it when when you sent that text out, seriously, my heart broke. I'm not joking, Blake. Can you tell everybody your bad beat last night? Yeah. So I had. I had uh, like one of those same gay parlay type deals, and it was Clyde Edwards Alaire had to get, I think it was like 18 and a half receiving yards, Chiefs minus three. The total was over 50, and then I needed Justin Herbert to get over 16 and a half yards. He got Rushing? 16 on the dot. Oh. And it was, uh, it was a, I think it was a, it was a $5 bet to pay out 120. So I mean I didn't lose much, but still. Well, you know what? Good thing that you uh, good thing that you bagged us and you got that raise. So, <laughs> I didn't bag nobody. Listen, you, no. you did. You in, did. All, in all seriousness, I just read a great article. There's a, you know a lot of new interesting. Congratulations to Sean. Also, uh, even though you know it takes takes a little longer. Remember, we're AM station, so things go, are in place before they get announced a lot. But Brant. But, uh, Blake, you deserve uh, everything. I appreciate everything you've done for, for me and our show here and stuff. And proud of you, kid. I appreciate so it. I'm that, always but... happy to help you guys out. Always. Forever and, and always. And, and I appreciate you keeping an eye on that Dorch character. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to take a break here. We come back. Um, uh, yeah, I got a whole bunch of gambling stories like that. But maybe the kid will learn when he's young. So that five is only five dollars, not five thousand. Anyways, we come back here, Darren McCarty show. We're gonna talk some hockey. Thirty games in. What do you think of this Red Wings team? And you'll get my opinion here, Darren McCarty show Friday night, WJR. See you in a minute. Thanks for joining us here on the Friday, the seventeenth. Just uh, hope everybody out there is getting all their Christmas shopping and everything else done what they need. But speaking of Christmas shopping, Sean, a little bit early, Steve Eisman not known to like to wait to open his presents because, wow, out of this first now, I'm going to talk individual players first, 
and then we'll get into my diatribe about the inconsistency of this team. And that's the reason that at this point of the season, they are not a playoff hockey team, even though they're inside. They're inconsistent enough. But players, 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 right? Obviously, Lucas Raymond, Maurice Sider, your boy Alex Ndokovic we talk about. But one of the guys that I, you know, it, it, those are, you know, we can't, how much can we say more than what they're doing as far as every day and the maturity. And what I like about the, those three young guys too, not only is their youth, their talent, their contracts, but the people, right? I mean, just mature. You listen to him talk. You, you, you see it. That's the vibe. That's what you feel in, in the dressing room that that's gone on. But, you know, one of the things that I know because of being one, but it's your support players and stuff like this. And, you know, maybe we'll start here and, and, talk about, uh, I guess, your first half seasons about those guys. But, you know, you see the as we're moving the youth along, Stevie's still making moves, re-signing Fabry, which I think is a great move because yep. he's a special guy. We got to always remember we got Verona coming back. And then, um, you know, the, the role guys, the Nemesnikovs, the Ernies, even the Rasmussen's, are we seeing sparks with him? You know, so fun team to watch, frustrating team to watch because I, the before the season expectations weren't as high, but when you play as well as you do consistently and can do things that you couldn't do in the past because you have the talent there, your expectations move, right? So where are you at with this team? With this well, guy? it's interesting, Matt, because I think the, the first thing that jumps out to me is, look, I mean, nobody wants to say it, and nobody did say it in our midst, but the last couple of years, far too often, they were nearly unwatchable. We're going to watch, but, I mean, it was a tough watch. This is an entertaining team to watch. One thing that I saw last night, and I'm really interested to hear from you, Mac, to see if, if you kind of saw the same thing. Rod Brindamore is doing a tremendous job with the Hurricanes. That is not an all-star laden top to bottom roster. He has them playing the right way. They do so many little things. They play the 200-foot game, all of that stuff. And I saw a team that had more sandpaper and more grit and, and more little things last night than I saw out of the Red Wings. And that was a little disheartening to me because, you know what? You can't do anything about like 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 the talent discrepancy right now. There's still moves that Steve has to make, but you can do things like hustle on on a potential icing. You can do things like you, you know uh, finish that check. There were just a bunch of little things last night that I saw Carolina do that I wish Detroit did more of. Did you see the same thing last night? Well, that goes, Sean. That's a perfect example of the consistency. And if I go to last night's game right and and I think I'm trying to break it down and why and I think that you know on the road where they where other teams get to match up the matchup's favorable you don't get to play against who you want to play against right I think that that's sort of the coaching but here's the thing is it fair to say that if I'm a Wings fan the next step for them as a team is to be that Carolina team. Yep. Because here's the thing. What you mentioned, sandpaper, and but they have talent. And it might not be the Connor McDavid blow your doors off talent, but they got like eight out of eights out of ten. 
you know, and guys, but they compete all over. And I think that that is exactly what you saw, see and what you saw last night. What's the difference? The next step, right? Because, you know, Carolina, the way that they play with that style is the perennial playoff team. And because you look at how they've added certain scoring elements, they're dangerous. Now, the question with them is always their goaltending and different things like that, but they're always going to play that way. Why? Their coach, yeah. right? Yep. They play like their coach played. Anybody who doesn't know Rod, Rod the Bod, Brenda Moore is probably still the best in shape guy on their team, right? So, uh, it, and he could probably still play. I'm surprised he didn't suit up last night. You know, I mean, I think he probably thought about it. Wasn't feeling it after morning skate. But that's so that as exciting. And I think because let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's sit back and embrace this and enjoy the journey and the watch. Because that's what I've had to do without so I don't get frustrated. And it's just sort of okay. But you can't continually get behind two and three goals on the road early. You know, and it's the same old thing. And to your point, it's supposed to be easier to play on the road because you're supposed to play simpler. Yeah. Well, this team, and this is a good thing, is they like the bright lights of the home ice. I don't mind that because you weren't a homer before. You weren't an awayer before. It might as well be something. So if that's what we're working on, but in order to be consistent, I because I think that that's the next step. When we can sit here and say, wow. That Red Ring team, I can see a lot of that Carolina team and stuff like that. Then we're ready to make that next step. Until then, I don't know. But is there any players maybe have who's like over exceeded other than the guys I've mentioned or you've enjoyed watching or, or somebody who's something maybe you've seen? Can I bring um, up Vlad again? I, I, you, uh-huh. I know you brought him up, but I, you know what, Mac, honestly, I. I, I I didn't expect what he's shown. I, I really haven't. Now, in fairness, I haven't seen him up close a lot. I remember uh, I watched him with Ottawa a couple of years ago. I saw him a few times with Ottawa a couple of years ago because, you know, that other team in the Atlantic division that I watch a lot of. But um, I, I like his game, Mac. I do. I, 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 like, I like his game. He's a, you know what, and he was the one I was going to bring up. Because, you know, I think he's got nine goals and just the way the third line of play, but he plays throughout the lineup on that forward line, and he's like the switchblade, the valuable guy, yep. right? You you look at, in this day and age, a guy that can skate, but that can is imperative to kill the penalties. we got enough guys that, that put the puck in the net, but scoring even strength goals is a big deal too. You know, it, it, it's a hard thing. Um I guess my next, my next question is because, you know, the one thing that I've really liked – and what I've seen is, you know, even more maturation and peeling of the onion back of the leadership of Dylan Larkin, you know, because it hasn't, you know, he's, he's done it on, on the ice, but it's also too, is that you can really see. And, and that goes to, I guess the conversation is how does he find a way to find what the road trigger is, right? What, what's the road trigger to everybody? Because there's, it's a different, it's a different thing. It's a different wave. It's everything else. It's, Everything like that, you have to learn that. But I'm wondering if you see the same thing slowly but surely. But you know, like there's, you, you watch these, you watch these young men evolve into um, into players and leaders. And 
I mean, yeah. I, I'm enjoying watching him do it in front of my eyes. No, and you, you know what it is, Mac? And I, I remember I said this a few years ago. I don't know if it was with you or, you know, it's just in general. I, I, I said, you know, the people that think that Dylan Larkin's going to be the next Steve Eiserman, it the next Nick Lidstrom, that's not his game. And And people got so offended when I said that. And I was like, you guys, he's a darn good player. You'd rather have a Dylan Larkin than not have a Dylan Larkin, but he's not that superstar player, and that's okay. I'll take what he brings to the table. And I think as his career has progressed, I think people are seeing exactly that. I really do. I think that people are seeing, you know what? He's just a heck of a player, and and it's okay. He's he's not going to be – nobody's going to you know vote him for the heart or anything like that. He's just a good player, and and I think to to mature, um, and from the sounds of it, on and off the ice, well, that's what you want out of your captain, and and, and to lead by example. So I, I'm totally fine with it. Whereas you know, if you and I said that two three years ago, people took great offense to a comment like that. But it's like he's a good player. You want a guy like that on your team. Well, you can see the development too. Right, because yeah. the young guys don't develop under somebody who's not leading them the right way. Right? Yeah, they're all talent and stuff like this, but and, and I think that's what's mo- most important right now, Sean, in developing this culture. It's not about the wins and losses as much as it is. Do we see right the things that would bother me is is the things that you saw, the things that you mentioned last night about the sixty minute game. Because here's the exciting part. They're finding different ways to win. They're winning ways that they didn't used to be able to do. And to your point about entertaining to watch, I've stayed for more games this year than I have combined for the last 10. So I'll leave you guys with that. Um, We're going to bring you back on a brighter note. We're going to talk Detroit Lions. Yeah, uh, maybe a little bit. Uh, we got to touch on them anyways, what's going on. Anyways, thanks for joining us here this Friday night. Darren McCarty Show, AM 760, WJR. You know what? I'm just going to do this because, you know, the the Christmas show and everything else and couldn't be happier that we're going to have Dave Hubbard, Dave the Butcher from the Butcher and Kegel Harbor join us for the last segment. But before we do, we'll keep this one short, Dorchie. But we're sort of like the Lions uh, wins this year. Um, But, Sean, my question is, Kyler Murray coming into town, uh, the Lions 14, 13, uh, whatever like this. Is there any chance, any worry about the Lions upsetting this game? No, I, th- I think especially the Cardinals coming off that very disappointing loss on, on uh, Monday night. Um, I, I think they're going to be an angry team, um, you know, with everything that's going on with the Lions right now. You know, I mean, at least they're getting some guys back. I mean, in a certain regard, Lord knows there are so many guys out Cardinals know what they're playing for. Um, you know, they, they've got to do their best to hold off uh, the Rams, and that's going to be uh, tough to do down the stretch. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, if, I, if, if I were a betting man, if, let's put it this way, if I were Blake, I would have no problem giving the 13 points. I really wouldn't. No, and, and I think that here's the, here's the case, and, I, you know, I would wonder, but uh, this is one of those games that you go down – to Ford Field to watch the other team and the other team's star, right? To see how quick this kid really is, see what it, what it's like in the in the flesh. You don't have Arizona coming to town uh, this much, but 
what do we make of um, everything? You know, I wanted to ask you this question because if um, the Thursday night football game uh, that uh, our friend Brandon Blake uh, lost the money, well, the, the Chargers, the L.A. Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs overtime 38-26, I thought I was watching Madden, bro. Oh. I mean, I thought Neil Rule had the headset fourth down all over the field. I, have you ever seen any more to fourth down? So my question is, 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 you know, questionable coaching. I know that's the big thing around here, and that's the one thing that I, I look for in Dan Campbell. Am I seeing any improvement in that aspect? But it seems like, I mean, there's a lot of different coaches that, need to go to school for that. But what did you make about, like, I've never seen more fourth down stops in my yeah. life than last night. You know, I, I didn't mind the first time that the Chargers did it in the first half. I thought the second time, the last play of the half was just stupid. I really did. I, I You got one play, kick the field goal. Go out, you know, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was a 17-13 game. Just kick the field goal to go up by a touchdown. I in, in that case, I I don't mind the riverboat gambler stuff. And, and you know, I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. There are sometimes that that Dan Campbell deserves to get pounded for it. There's sometimes I just don't think he does. I I don't mind him taking chances, but um, I, I think to do it all the time is kind of silly. It's time and place. I didn't mind it. Like I said, just to re- reiterate, I didn't mind it. it, it right at the beginning of the game, but that one right before halftime, man, I'm sorry. I'm one of those guys. I'm, I'm a mindset type of guy. You get stopped and you're going into, you're going into halftime going, uh, put three on the board and go in and feel good about yourselves. I would have kicked it in that case. I really would have. But you, because don't you think, right? Isn't the big thing that they learn it's, it's defer the ball. So if like the, the Mahomes with that drive at the end that he got strips act, uh, by, Bosa, right? So, so to your point, it's fourteen ten. They got it on the one yard line, fourth down. They kicked the field goal. They're seventeen. Even if Kansas City receives the ball, the second half scores a touchdown. You're still tied, right? Damn. Like this Damn. is that where the math comes in? I mean, that was just... my logic. I I, 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 you're up seven. You're feeling good about yourself. You're not leaving any points on the board. Second guessing yourself, having the players second guess yourself going in at the half. Um, no, that's what I would have done. And I'm Mac, I'm with you. I like, damn it. I stayed up way too late last night because that fourth quarter, once it started cooking, there was no way I was going to bed. No way. Oh, 29 points in the fourth quarter. And I mean, I mean what Mahomes was doing and, and that touchdown run, the, the overtime winner by Kelsey was just awesome. You know, to see that big rig out there, moving the way he was, making guys miss him and slicing his way into the end zone. I, I, I'm glad I stayed up. I Look, I'm paying for it right now. I, I, I can hear my bed screaming my name right now, but uh, how can you go to bed when you have a game like that? Well, it's, it's one of those things that you get locked into. And then, you know, I was talking about bowl season, right? How many times do we see in bowl season – you know, that, that yawn is on cue, too, bro. That yawn is on cue. I mean, you are unbelievable. It's like Ralphie in a Christmas story. You you just never miss a beat. Yeah, but, you know, but that's, you know, we look at you know, different things. Bowl season, you know, we see the take the Peach Bowl where MSU is playing Pitt. No Kenny Pickett for them. No 
no Kenneth Walker the third for us, but still, I, I'm I'm the type of person that's going to flip on a, a ball game and hope it's close. Yep. And then and then and then sort of get the J- Jones or the excitement or something like that. So um, we're going to take a break here because this is a special Christmas edition of what's on the barbecue. I'm going to the source. This is the butcher's butcher. Yeah, butchers go to this. Butcher, yeah, we'll be talking with Davey Hubbard from the Butchery in Kegel Harbor. We come back here, Darren McCarty Show, AM760, WJR. Welcome back here on this Friday, December 17th, as we get ready for the Christmas holiday season. And if you follow Darren McCarty Show, I always like to use the last segment, um, Equal Opportunity Diner. So uh, Sean Belegian, Big Barbecuer, and Eric Dorch, Big Microwaver, or Slash J. Uh, depending on who's on the ones and twos. But because it's Christmas, we're going to bring in the butcher of all butchers, Mr. Dave Hubbard from the butchery in Kegel Harbor. Sir, how are you this fine Friday evening? Good. You, D-Mac, and uh, Sean, how are you guys doing? I cannot I cannot be any better. And during the commercial break, Dave, um, I was grilling Sean on uh, – I was presuming that the turkeys had to come out if they were doing different size, but he informed me that at Christmas time, as opposed to Thanksgiving, sometimes there's more than one meal and the beef brisket I hear is more of the Christmas staple. So wherever you want to start, um, I just want to know uh, what, what can people come and get at the butchery? The stuff that I've been eating for over a couple of years. I mean, I get to chicken wings, but chicken wings are all the time for me. But it's a beef brisket. I guess my question is that sort of representative of Christmas. I would say most definitely. Um, people people are shifting into um, more um, homey or traditional type meals. So. Yeah, that's definitely one of them. And another one that I think is is, is a new, uh, it's a, a oldie but a goodie, I'll say, a, a pork crown roast. So taking mm. a nice uh, roast and making it look like a crown. Oh, talk to me, Dave. I've wait never, I've never done this. Come on. Please, please. What, wait, now, now, that sounds sort of extravagant, but, but it also, too, so is it is how is this done? I mean, I'm I'm assuming they can come to the butchery and you'll tell them how to do it. But how about for anybody listening here? What does that entail? How do you crown the pork? Wow! So you take the whole bone-in pork loin, right? It's got 14 bones on there, and that's pretty much like the baby back ribs and the pork loin, the whole loin of uh, meat on there. So you have the whole thing. And then what you do is, you, you, as a butcher, you, you, you know, do tricks. You got to chime the bone in the back, and then you pull, pull it around, pull the meat around, and then it kind of um, creates a full circle. Uh, you tie it off, and then you put, like, little booties on there, but you don't necessarily have to. But you French all the bones, so it literally looks like a crown, a circle crown. And you, you, you roast that uh, pork for um, the same kind of amount of time you might do a, a prime rib or something. So it's not, like, super long. Um, the other thing is this, when you say it sounds real royal, it, it looks real awesome and great and grand. It's a great spectacular thing on the table uh, for display reasons. But as far as price-wise, it's half the price of a prime tenderloin or a prime, uh, prime rib or something like this. So you could have all the, all the looks and, and, and feels of this beautiful piece of meat in the middle of the table for the whole, whole crowd, you know, 
um, and it's going to be half the price. You're going to have to teach me that one, pal, because I, I, I'm familiar with it. I've never done it before, and that just sounds like a, a, a delicious meal. And, and uh, David, so is it, you know, the prep time with pork, it's, it's, it's probably less cook time and everything. Do you have any, like, you know, I guess rough estimates of, of, of how long that might take? You're probably looking at a couple, two, three hours of roast time, but everything is done at the butcher shop, right? So you could have, you could say, hey, 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 uh, butcher, I want you to shove some uh, or stuff in the middle of that crown. You can put like some sausage in there or you can put like some kind of stuffing, if you will, like a bread stuffing or whatever. Um, so when you roast it off, you have that, that secondary dish almost kind of cooking um, in, in, inside the bones there, um, which, which makes it even more grand. So I would say, it, you know, depending on what you're really doing, you know, two to three, maybe four hours of, of roast time at, at 300, 320 degrees um, in an oven, or you could throw it in your smoker, same same kind of thing, put it in the Traeger. I would say put it in the Traeger at 225 and forget about it for about five hours. That thing's going to be beautiful. Mm. I, oh, love, I it. love it. I think oh. what you brought up a great point at this Christmas season, and because, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to say all my extra money's gone to gas. So, I mean, you know, to, to get the price point. How about some other things that, you know, people don't realize but they can get at the butcher that, you know, for this holiday season that is are easy to do? Because it seems like you said people are, you know, looking to spend more time with each other, less time. Thanksgiving was just here. That seems like the big time to cook the big turkey and the big meal. Are there any, are there other things that, you know, if you're, if you're going to uh, get my partner, Sean Belegian, here, the barbecue – you know, your barbecue apprentice, um, and he's wowed by the uh, – and Dortz, thanks for sending me a picture of that. Now I'm oh. super hungry. Oh. Um, is there any other stuff, you know, like at the butchery to ask or or, or things like this that can be done? You know, um, I'm a traditionalist, uh, Darren. I, I like uh, I like a, a beef tenderloin or, or a spiral ham or maybe both, you know, uh, at Christmas, and we have both of those items. Um, you can go with a prime rib, uh, Sean's a prime rib guy. Um, the, the, the fresh turkeys, you know, again, we get the fresh Amish turkeys. Those are, those are, um, a can't miss and it's a very affordable option as well. Um, but I would say this, you know, I will give you a couple tips. Uh, and, and one of my main tips is always this, and it's not necessarily about cooking, um, as much as it is about being organized, plan what you're going to do in the kitchen get it ready in your mind, write it down, whatever you have to do. But the more you can get done beforehand, the day before, whatever it is, um, the, the more you can pre-plan and, and get done beforehand, the better it is day of. I, Sean, I know is like myself. It's like clear out of the kitchen. Let me, let me do my thing. Um, but I want, I want Sean to be a little more social this year at Christmas <laughs> and enjoy his family a little bit more. So I'm going to tell Sean and, and everybody else who's listening, I'm telling you, DMAC, if, if you're the one in the kitchen, do as much as you can the day before or even two days before, and then maybe you're just cooking or roasting the, the piece of meat or whatever it is, the center of the plate, roast a side of salmon would be even nice, you know, beautiful um, for a holiday meal. Uh, but just do as much as you can ahead of time that way that you can enjoy your, your actual company because that's, that's the most important thing. 
Well, Dave, you can't see it. I just yeah. held up <laughs> no, uh, for Mac and Dorch. I just held up my piece of paper where I have all my stuff timed out. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I know about the preparation. I know what I need to do. I mean, you've taught me so much, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on what you said. Have the times that it's going in the smoker, going in the oven, and then in my case, both are going to be utilized. Have it all written oh, yeah. out. It's almost like Mac. It's almost like a game plan. Like I know what my game plan is, and and I'm ready to go. I mean, as soon as it's go time, I'm ready to go mid uh, Christmas Eve afternoon. What is Dave? I guess I would add, like now that you see a lot and and been around a lot. What is? Uh, is there any other like little tips? As far as like what you see, maybe you go like it must be tough when you go over to eat somebody else's barbecue and or or go over to some something that you see maybe a similar mistake. Is it is it like Sean always says? He always says, "Leave it alone, leave it alone, let it go, leave it alone." Is there is there any tips around this time? Because a lot of people, this is the only time of year that they actually do cook or they do barbecue or they do this this sort of main meal. Is there any other that's, things that's, that? What's that? That's a great. That's a great question, Darren. Um, I gotta say, I, yeah, no, I'm like Sean. I, I don't mess around. I don't tell anybody what to do um, in their kitchen. I don't tell them how to run their their holiday meals or whatnot. Um, but if you if you invite me over to cook or to help cook, um, unfortunately, I'm gonna take over. So you better get out of the way. That's I the hope. kind of person I am. So I respect that going the other way, right? So if I'm coming to your house, um, I'm not going to get in your way. I'm not going to critique you. Um, if you ask me if something tastes good, I'm going to smile and nod, uh, even if it doesn't, uh, for the most part. Um, especially around the holidays, most most people are, are, are sharing with you something that is near and dear, a recipe or something that they really feel is just something that their family's done for a long time or something like this. So um, there's no sense in, in crushing hopes. Uh, and, and, and killing dreams, right? So I, I don't have any problem just you know, smiling and nodding and, 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 and saying everything is great. And if it really is good, I'm one just as well to come back and say, hey, how did you make that? What was your recipe on something? Um, I know uh, Mrs. Mrs. Belegian, I came back and got a recipe from her once. So I'm, I'm not above uh, asking others what they do, but I'm definitely not going to critique and say, oh my gosh, that was horrible. Just not, is there not a common... Is there a common, like, do people overcook the meat? Or is it, like, is there a common thing, like, uh, I guess maybe some advice or something that you would, would give? Like, the, I think the greatest advice is the preparation, is to get your things done in advance. I think that, you know, with the, with either the sheet, your groceries, that goes like anything else. We were talking about earlier, Christmas presents. We all have that, and I think is organized. Is there anything that you see consistently or just, Something that people I don't know would would maybe forget about that is like that you see consistently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely, I will say two things. One thing would be overcooking of uh, poultry, um, chicken, and uh, turkey specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, one and two um, with beef, it's okay. Less is more. So, so in my experience, um, understand two things. I don't carry over, carry over, carry over, carry over. A turkey's going to carry over another five to eight, maybe even 10 degrees once you pull it out of the oven. So you pull it at 150, it's going to hit that 160 that everybody's worried about it hitting. And you don't necessarily have to hit it 
quite at 160. Once it's rest, you're good to go. Um, the, the, the other thing is the beef, right? So cook it a little bit less um, instead of cooking it right to what we need it to, right? So the, a lot of cooks or, or, or home cooks, if you will, um, with respect, are, are making, say, a brisket or, 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 or roast beef or something for the first time. So the prime rib is a great example. So they, they, they cook it to, oh, I got to get it to my medium rare, and they get it to medium rare, but they got it to medium rare at 6 o'clock, but we're not eating until 7.15. Um, so by time we're eating, that thing is like medium well. The, the, the carryover is a big part. So just planning, again, planning out your time, um, and less is more on beef. And on your poultry and your, your, your uh, chicken, uh, items like this, chicken and turkey, make sure you give them some time to rest them, carry over time. Ava, how, how much are you open this week? I know I'm coming to bother you to get my beef tenderloin and uh, a, a slew of sandwiches, but what are your hours this week? Are you open all week? We are open all week this week, uh, Monday through Thursday, 10 to 6, and Friday we'll be there 10 to 4. Outstanding. Outstanding, Kegel Harbor, the butchery. We didn't even get into the sandwiches. We're going to get you on another show after the holidays when people's um, brisket and everything is settled, and we're going to talk about those doggone Dagwoods, bro, because, wow, (laughs) that's a whole other issue. Anyways, thank you, Dave, as always. Appreciate you. Appreciate what you do, and uh, if I don't see you, have a great holiday. Appreciate both of you guys. You both have a great holiday as well. Awesome. That's uh, Dave Harvard, the butcher of the butchers. The butchers go to the butchery to get their butchery stuff. You can too, Kigo Harbor. Anyways, uh, thanks for this this week's edition, Sean. Eric, uh, Wings play tomorrow uh, at LCA against New Jersey Devils. Uh, Jack Hughes in town. Uh, Until then, next week we will have a best of show. Uh, Mr. Positive Greg, I hope you're feeling better. Keep the good fight. And that goes to anybody over, out there struggling. Remember, no matter how many times you fall down, get yourself back up. It's the Darren McCarty Show, AM 760 WJR. Have a great weekend. See ya.